Well, good morning, everybody. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning, and uh, what a joy. Welcome to all those who are joining us online as well. Thank you for being with us today here at Hill City Church. Thank you for everyone that's here. What a phenomenal morning it has been heading into the waters of baptism. This morning, uh, I want to talk about a series that I've been preaching that's called Lean in. And this morning you were expecting to see a much more handsome person, someone just slightly shorter by the name of Brian Pugh, but uh, he's not here today. Uh, uh, his family's not well, so out of consideration for all of us, they're not here. So I'm pitch hit and I jumped in. I said, how absolutely. Let's share the word of God this morning for a while with, with the people of God who are hungry to hear the word of God and are leaning in to truth, are leaning in to God are leaning in and trusting with all their heart the living God who created the heavens and the earth. You know, today we enjoy incredible freedoms in the life that we live in the nation of Canada. This morning you'll notice that I'm wearing a poppy. And uh, it's, I think, 51 days, if I've got my math right, 52 days before uh, November 11th, which is Armistice Day, where we remember the sacrifice. I'm talking about sacrifice today. What better way than to introduce the subject of sacrifice in the Bible than to even talk about the freedom that we get to enjoy in Canada because of the sacrifice of our grandfathers and of our fathers and, and mothers and grandmothers and those who died and gave their lives in the First and Second World War, just to mention a few. Sacrifice, ladies and gentlemen. Their sacrifice was a huge cost. It was their lives. It was their lives. It was their blood that was shed on our behalf. Tomorrow's a really important day. And I want you, as you determine whether you're going to vote or not vote, I want you to remember November 11th. I want you to remember that there are those who gave their lives to end tyranny, and to provide freedom of choice and liberty in the nation under the Constitution, liberties that are ours that were adopted so that crimes against humanity would never happen again. It's very significant that we realize that and that we participate uh, and be a voice in a democratic society, which is a real honor to participate in. And so also we find in scripture right away this idea of remembrance is talked about when Jesus Christ sat at a table and he sat at a table with his disciples and he broke bread and he passed a cup with them. And he was talking about his very own sacrifice, his own blood that was shed out of obedience to God's plan to provide forgiveness for the sins of all the people who would ever be born, who would ever live on this earth. And so Jesus said that this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you do it. And he said, in remembrance of me. We remember people. Today I want to talk about a sacrifice of faith that comes from a faith, from a people that are leaning in because they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who sacrificed his life for us first. And he gave, shed his own blood on our behalf. No greater love has anyone that they lay down their life for their friends. And that's what Jesus did. So this morning, my encouragement to you is to Lean into faith. Lean into faith like these beautiful individuals that were standing here today. They've leaned into God. They've leaned into faith and said, I'm placing 
my trust in him. That is leaning into faith. Yeah. Leaning into faith. Sacrifice and obedience are the hallmarks of those who love God. Sacrifice and obedience are the hallmarks of those who love God. We see the very first example of sacrifice in the Bible, in the Garden of Eden, when God, he killed an animal to cover, provide skins for Adam and Eve, who disobeyed him and committed the very first sin. He covered them in the hides of animals. He hid their sin from them. That's why it's called the hides day, because God hid them, their sin from him, a holy God, because he wanted a relationship with them. He didn't want to lose a relationship with them, so he made a way, but it meant the shedding of some blood. An animal died to atone them for their sin or to redeem them from their sin, to, to buy back per the purchase price, the cost that was on their head. God said, I will handle this and I'll cover them. And that's why he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us because Jesus was the one for all the blood sacrifice. He was the one who died to hide. When we accept by faith his sacrifice on the cross, our sin is hidden from God. We are then washed white as snow. And this is what these people are doing here today is they confess a faith in Jesus. The second example is of sacrifice in the Bible. Now, the one that I quoted to you is in Genesis. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, the very last part of it, last verses. But the next one it picks up right away in Genesis uh, chapter 4, verse 1 to 10. And it's, it's an example of, of a couple of people, a couple of brothers, Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. And they were the first two sons of Adam and Eve. And when they presented their sacrifices to the Lord, we read in the scripture, and I'm going to read it to you in a moment, it says that Abel's sacrifice was accepted, however, Cain's was rejected. Let me read it to you. It says in Genesis 4, verse 1 to 10 in the NIV. Everybody good? All right. Adam made love to his wife Eve. Everybody said amen. amen. Okay. And we're here, right? Okay. Provocation of the human race. There it is. It's right there in bold print for you. And she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept the flocks and Cain worked the soil. In course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits and soils and offerings to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering of fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain, his offering, he didn't look with it, look with favor. So Cain was angry. He was angry. And his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? The Lord says to him, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin's crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain says to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel, and he killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where's your brother Abel? I don't know. What, am I my brother's keeper? 
Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Father, this morning, help us to gain a revelation and understanding of sacrifice and obedience and the wonderful, beautiful relationship that your son's death, Jesus, provided. Freedom of relationship with you through faith. We lean into faith today to see what you have to say in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You see, to obey is better than sacrifice. Both sacrificed, but only one obeyed. Abel's sacrifice was acceptable, and as we read the story, Cain's was not. But you see, the point of the story is that God looks at something, He looks at the heart. God is looking at the heart. God always looks at the heart. We read in 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, The Lord doesn't look at the things people look at. People look at outward appearance. But the Lord, He looks at the heart. You see, what happened is the king was lacking in relationship. He was lacking in faith. All he had was religious duty. All he had was that he did not have relationship with God. And in Hebrews 11:6, 6, we're admonished very clearly that it is without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith and obedience are at the very core of this, and there's many things that are going on in the story, but we see Cain's motivation. He did lean into a faith relationship. It didn't matter to him. His offering, while Cain's offering, while acceptable in his own eyes, isn't this how it goes? Acceptable in his own eyes wasn't acceptable to God. And in some way, Cain had perverted God's prescribed form of worship, and his heart wasn't right. The, the Bible talks to us about this character, Cain. Later on, we read in Jude 11, it says that talking about the lawless, those that are lawless, those that embrace evil, it says, and, and it was talking about some that even called themselves Christians, and yet they did evil. It says they it says um, where they have taken the way of Cain. It refers to them. They have taken the way of of Cain. So in other words, they disobediently devised their own ways of worship. And they come to God. They didn't come to God by faith. And, and this is the problem of not leaning in, not coming to God in faith and, and, and fostering a loving relationship with a loving God who, who saved us faithfully through his love in the first place. Not only besides Cain's motivation, we see Cain's hard attitude. And in his hard attitude, he didn't learn to lean in. He didn't, he didn't respond. He, he had a tremendous opportunity to respond. In fact, this must have been a bit of a public affair, otherwise he wouldn't have known the difference between uh, his and, except that God, would just, God was just displeased with his, and yet he was pleased with his brothers. It must have been this place or this spot they came where they were both aware, maybe other people were aware. And so, so his wasn't approved of, and so he became jealous, and he became angry, and, and quite possibly nursed his wounded pride. So rather than repent, rather than repent, 
Okay, he had an opportunity. So rather than repent at God's rebuke, we read the king became angry. God said to him, well, if you do what's right. Now remember, murder hasn't happened. It's only happened in the heart. It's only possibly because of the anger. It hasn't occurred yet. And so we, we have God's appeal. God said, just do what's right and you'll be accepted. He could have leaned in, but he didn't lean in. Because he didn't lean in, he killed Abel, and he brought judgment on himself. We get another bit of a correction in 1 John 3, verse 12, talking about Cain. It says to us, New Testament, don't be like Cain. Don't be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Think about that. Those with evil actions automatically hate those with righteous actions. You see it in society today. There's lines that get drawn. Even though those that do righteous, hopefully, they're not thumbing their nose and saying, look how good I am and I'm right. I'd rather reconcile than be right. I'm, I'm just presenting what is righteous. Why do you hate me? I'm just doing good and I'm honoring my God. Cain's performance is exposed and he didn't lean in, he didn't respond and it wasn't, a, it wasn't transparency, that's, that's for sure. So besides murdering his brother due to jealousy and embarrassment, instead of repenting and leaning in, it, the evil in Cain's heart was further revealed when the Lord asked him, where's your brother Abel? Stone cold eye to the face of God. I don't know. I don't know. What? Am I my brother's keeper? Am I even responsible for someone else? Yes, you are. Read the New Testament. <laughs> love the Lord your God with heart, most of mind and strength, and love your neighbors you love yourself. I said that too fast, but I'll read it later. So it's really easy to see. Okay, Abel's dead, but it's really easy to see Abel's relationship-based faith, his loving motivation, the procedure, the relationship with God. In Hebrews 11.4, again, talks that by faith, Abel, by faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith. Faith is trust. Faith is, faith is relying on. Faith is the leaning in. Faith is exactly that. Abel was leaning in in love and honor and trust. He was in relationship with God. And ever since the very beginning, people must come to God in faith. There's no other way to approach God but by faith, believing that he is who he says he is, that his son Jesus did what he said he did, and that he really did die, and he really did resurrect from the dead, and he really did ascend to the heaven and sitting at God's right hand, and he did it for you and he did it for me, because God so loved all of us that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him wouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. What great news! What great news for you and I today! It's beautiful! You see, when Jesus died upon the cross, he became the substitutionary atoning sacrifice for our sins. And in Hebrews 12, 24, it talks about the blood that Jesus shed. And it talks about the blood that Cain shed. It talks about both. And in Hebrews 12, 24, it says the blood of Christ speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Why is it a better word? Why is it a better word? Abel, both Abel and Jesus were slain by wicked men, but the blood of Abel cries 
for vengeance from the ground, but the blood of Jesus Christ for forgiveness. The blood of Jesus Christ for mercy. The, the, the blood of Jesus Christ for grace. The blood of Jesus Christ for this kind of greatness of God in his love and mercy to redeem us into relationship with him through faith. That's what that blood speaks. And blood speaks. Blood speaks. The blood of our forefathers speaks. The blood of Jesus speaks. A better word than the blood. Than the blood of Abel. Not, not that death. Not that. Out of a bad sacrifice. But out of a good sacrifice. The sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. If you would remember my message last week about Eutychus. Who fell from the third story window. He fell down dead and. He fell asleep in the window. He leaned out instead of leaned in. He falls down and he's dead. And Paul rushes down and he spreads out over him. And, 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 and life comes back to him. And, and, and someone came to me. Terry, bless your heart, came afterwards and said, Wow, isn't it cool? He says, we don't, did we really even talk about what did Eutychus, who was dead, what could he do to earn or qualify for God's gift of life to him? Except to have faith. The original reason he was at the meeting. But at that point, life, life was given to him. Not by something he could do. Open your hearts to God's mercy today. Open your hearts to God's mercy today. His love and mercy and his kindness through, through Jesus Christ. You see, our sin separates us from God, but his love covers our sin. That is such... Man, I'll tell you, when I, when I came to Jesus Christ, that was the joy the things that I was ashamed of, the things that I didn't want anybody to know, the despicable sin of my life that deserved judgment, deserved punishment, was placed on Jesus, it wasn't on me. I stood taller, I was happy, I was free because he did it for me. He did it for me just as if it was just me. And he did it for you at the cross. Our response, Romans 12 verse one, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true, your true and proper worship. It brings us right to that in this idea of leaning in to God by faith. And now we are, you and I, pinch yourself. You feel that? You're living. You're in the land of the living. You're not in heaven. You're not in hell. And you say, well, I'm on earth, but I feel like I'm in hell. <laughs> Fair enough. There's hope. There's hope for you. But he says, offer yourselves, offer your bodies, your whole being as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. But not just any living sacrifice. A holy and pleasing one. How is it holy and pleasing? A relationship with God through his son Jesus and placing your faith in what Jesus did for you at the cross of Calvary. That's the gospel. Repenting your sin. Save me. Save me, Lord. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose him from the dead on the third day. I believe that he sent him to heaven. I believe, God, you sent him just for me. I receive that by faith. Wasn't there, didn't see it. I read about it and I get an understanding. We have people here that are talking about how God, by the Holy Spirit, visits them before they surrender and receive God, visits them, comes to them and says, I love you, stop this, don't do this, I'm here. And they go, that's God. 
They begin to testify, that was God in my life. Today they're testifying because he brought them to a place where they come to the understanding what the gospel preaches. That's what happened to me. Is that what happened to you? So he makes us holy. We've entered into a relationship with God through Jesus. His blood washes of our sin. We're made holy before God. We are the righteousness of Christ in God. That's who we are. And he sees us as righteous by faith. What a relationship. Now we're walking and talking with him, just like Adam and Eve. But more so because not only that, that's that making holy process called sanctification. He says, I'm going to come and live in you. You're going to be the dwelling, not in a tent made by men, but I'm going to come and live in you now. I mean, you're going to be the tent of my dwelling. And he's the Holy Spirit. He's perfectly holy. And you've been made holy. Therefore, you're holy enough by the blood of Jesus for God, the Holy Spirit, to live in you. That's profound. And then he's the counselor and the teacher who's now preaching and teaching and taking the word of God and helping you understand it. So like making any, and you don't have to worry about understanding it all. Just keep reading the word and the Holy Spirit will keep revealing it to you. And God has provided various people in the body of Christ to teach and to preach and help you understand and disciple you in that. And same with you, Jordan, others. Rob, come on. Rebecca, beautiful. But you are now holy and the Holy Spirit lives in you. So, okay, we are to offer now our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing, always and only, nothing else, okay, so anything else isn't an acceptable offering, right? Okay, we read the story, okay, but we now live to bring such, this is our, this is our act of worship, we live to bring offerings we being the living sacrifice, whatever we have within our ability, whether it's speaking, doing, acting uh, unto others and to the Lord, loving God and loving others, is a sweet, 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 sweet aroma on the altar of our lives to the Lord. That's what it is. That's what it is. I'm trying to remember the three things. For sacrifice, you need a, you need a priest. And you need an altar and the sacrifice. There it is. There it is. That's us. The altar of our lives, living for God. So now we ever live. Because we love Him. And so, notice how sacrifice and obedience goes together. Because, because it's not disobedience. It's a holy sacrifice in our lives. And, and if we sin, we get up again. We repent of the sin. God doesn't like, just like Cain. It's like, he doesn't wash his hands of him. It's a beautiful story when you think about that part of it. God is gracious and merciful in the Old Testament. How much more so in the New Testament, he sent Jesus, the perfect ones and for all sacrifice. We don't have to go and you know, keep sacrificing cows and bulls and goats and all that kind of stuff that they did, that bloody mess. What, what we do is put our faith in Jesus. We confess our sins and he's faithful and just cleanses all unrighteousness. But we don't keep sinning. Right? But he said to the woman that was caught in the middle of adultery and drug out by the religious leaders, and Jesus said, listen, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. That's what he said. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. God is merciful. Go and sin no more. Bring now the offerings that are holy and pleasing to God. Sweet aroma. Well, my last point, we'll see 
is sacrifice and obedience are the hallmarks of those who are in love with God. I wrote this. You can go through the sacrificial motions, but without an obedient heart that honors and loves the one who the sacrifice is for, it's empty, meaningless religion and is void of meaning. It, 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 it's, not, it's not accepted. It doesn't please God. It's, it's religion. It's religion. We can be human doings, going through the motions, showing up at things and feel really good about ourselves in our own eyes, kind of like Cain, like our form of worship, and now we've just prescribed what worship is, and it may not be holy, it may be more about us, but that's just what makes us happy, so that's our new form of worship, and it's not God's plan, it's not His, it's not a worship of Him, it's not holy, okay? Religion, there's nothing holy about religion, we're talking about leaning into a relationship, a relationship, you can imagine. No greater love has anyone than he who lays down his life for his friends. God wants to be your friend today yeah. through faith in his son Jesus, leaning into the relationship with God that we can, we can have this, this enduring forever and then unto eternity relationship with God. Mark 12, 33 says, And I know it is important to love him with all my heart, with my understanding, all my strength, to love my neighbor as myself, this is, it says in this verse, this is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Okay? Faith and obedience comes from a heart that loves God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. Okay? And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Okay? It, 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 it's, that's at the core of all this. So you say, well, what, what is a sacrifice? Well, sacrifice originates in love, okay? Right from the Garden of Eden, because God loves his creation, he covered their sin through a sacrifice. It was a blood sacrifice, and I'm going to die to provide the skin to cover them from their sin, to hide it from God, who's perfectly holy, right? So that his wrath wouldn't come upon them, because he can't be in the presence of, uh, of evil and sin, and so of his own virtue and love, he covered them. So to offer something of value, now you and I to offer something of value at our own expense or cost to honor the one you love without obligation, religion is obligation, but because you love, you love, you know, are you obligated to love your children who you gave birth to, who you, you know, like if you put it into a natural, no, you love them because they're yours. We understand the principles of love and, 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 and let's hope that we understand what it is to surrender or to give up or even permit injury or disadvantage for the sake of something or someone else. Sacrifice literally illustrates the bond, the commitment to the one that you love. But this requires something. And I said earlier when I prayed, don't forget your first love. Don't forget the way it was when you first fell in love. When we think about the natural falling in love and all the characteristics of that. But the Bible talks about this in Revelation chapter 2, and it's very interesting because first love relationship requires some, some leaning in it. It's a picture of, uh, of, of, of a passion, and it's a picture of, of, of pursuing, it's a picture of, of staying faithful, it's a picture of relying upon and interacting on a regular basis and, and feeding and fostering the significance of the importance of this relationship. Powerful. So Revelation 2 verse 4 to 5, and I'm sure Mark, you'll probably unfold a lot of it 
really, really well as we get into the series and the revelation is talked about there, but this was a message to a church, to the church in Ephesus, and God delivered it to the to the, the angelos, the angel over the church, which is often understood as the lead pastor or, or such. But he says, yet I hold this against you. This is in Revelation 2, verse 4 to 5. Yet I hold, I hold this against you. It kind of starts out pretty serious. I, yet I hold, he, he praised him for all the good things he were doing. And he said, but I hold this against you. You've forsaken your first love. You've forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. This is a message for us today. This is, this is a Cain and Abel type of message. Because as I said to you, if we're, if we're not leaning in, we're leaning out. And we can fall. Be careful lest we fall. So it says, consider how far you've fallen just by virtue of the fact you're not doing the things you did at first in your love relationship with me. He says, repent. Do the things you did at first. Again, grace and mercy. Repent. Repent. Repent, everybody. Go back to what you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, your light. But you, if, but you have this in your favor. He says, you hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. You have that in your favor. The Nicolaitans, the Strong's definition for that is a destruction of people. You hate that they destruct people. I also hate, you have that in your favor. And this was a sect that caused Christians to stumble by upholding the liberty of eating things sacrificed to idols, as well as committing fornication, possibly some things I read said wife swapping, which illustrates the, the fact that you hate that, yet you forget your first love with me? And so in other words, this is hypocrisy, God is saying. You don't pursue me like you once did yet. Even You even hate this idea of worshiping idols and sex or distorting my original design. That's what you're doing. You're not pursuing me. So God is saying it's like I'm the bridegroom and you have swapped me for something better. Since so you're only hurting your, and destroying yourself and our relationship, I'm not upholding our intimate relationship that we once had. You see what sets relationship with God apart from religion is a first love sacrifice. Jeremiah describes it in Jeremiah 2 verse 2. The Lord says, I remember your devotion of your youth, how as a bride you loved me and you followed me all the way through the wilderness. You remember the things? I'm going to ask Trish to come. I'm going to close. Remember all the things? Anybody that's ever fallen in love with someone other than God I'm talking about? When you fell in love, you were always on time because you wanted to be on time because you wanted to honor. You were always patient, you were always kind. You went the extra mile and you offered more than was expected. You opened doors gladly with a smile. You went ahead of and cared for the needs of you. 
Before you went and met that person to take them out on those first dates, you, you had a bath. You know what I'm talking about. You washed up, you showered up, you smelled great, you dressed up, you took attention to those things. You brought gifts, you're attentive. You pursued understanding, you listened intently, you stayed in, in contact daily and hourly, contact where it was possible. I, I remember Bonnie was upset with me because I said, I can only call you on Wednesday night and on Monday nights, but on, we'll see each other on Friday nights and Sunday nights because I was working on the farm. She was miffed. We didn't have cell phones back then with a little text that says, I'm thinking about you, honey, love you. Stays in contact daily, hourly contact, if possible. Leans into serving the needs of the one they love without being asked. You know I'm drawing a parallel here, don't you? <laughs> first love. First, the kind of love you had at first. In your first love, you guarded your attitude toward the other. To the one you loved. First love, your first love protected jealously that one. You see, when first love grows cold, all these things become less important. We lean out instead of lean in to the relationship. Our needs and our desires become more important than the, those of the one we love. In the natural, so it is in the spiritual. Wow. A life today void of sacrifice that flows from first love is a sign that that first love is in trouble. It's either slipped or it's slipped away. Ephesians 5 says, walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering, sacrifice to God. Isn't it interesting that when our first love with God begins to fade or it slips away, one of the, one of the, one of the key points is that we become unforgiving. And why is that such a highlight in first love relationship with God? Because it was the basis of of which our relationship, not our religion, was established with Him. He says, forgive as I've forgiven you. Remember? Why don't you stand? God forbid that we be the people who go through the motions of religion and bring some form of self-designed sacrifice. God says, it's like offering to me a crippled, diseased, blind, or sick animal on the altar. Malachi said that. Talking about, would your governor accept that? He says not to light useless fires on his altar. 
one that's not there, one that's there to look good to others, one that's there to show an impression of importance to others, but isn't for God. We can't forget our first love. We need to lean in and do the things we did at first. He says, repent. He says, repent. I'm going to invite you to repent this morning. I want you to remember the red blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross of Calvary for your sin. His mercy to cover you bring you into that beautiful, beautiful relationship with God. You do a lot of great things. A lot of great things, he says to the church in Ephesus. You do this and you do that, and that's great, and I praise you for that, but I have this thing against you. And it's this warning opportunity in the grace of God that if we're not leaning in, we're not doing the things we did at first, let's go through the things you did at first. So repent and do that. Anybody want to do that? Anybody want to say, I want to do the things I did at first? Me. Me. Can't stand in the presence of God and be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit go, wow, how has this changed? Has something changed? Have I been devoted? Have I been leaning in, pressing in? Have I been seeking, waiting on Him? What about my faith? Do I have faith for the impossible today because I'm in sacrificial obedience to God? Do I see all that? Speaking forth 
out of the truth I have because blood, Jesus Christ's blood speaks a better word to me. Therefore, I speak the glorious gospel faithfully. It's important to me because it's important to you. Therefore, I go proclaiming, declaring, engaging, loving my people all around me. God, I repent. Help me to do that, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.